so last week we, we started looking at uh, this uh, cycle of victorious living uh, that, uh, that, that springs out of Psalm 37, uh, where we can, we can see that it's possible to live a life uh, uh, victorious over fear and over worry. Uh, and, and we're going to read it. Uh, it's going to be up on the wall, the magic wall up here, right? Uh, it, it, I really also want you to follow along for yourselves. And hopefully you're not doing this, but maybe it's, it's tempting. We kind of, uh, we put it up here and you just kind of rely on that up there. Uh, there's something about uh, following along, keeping that open as we, as as I talk a little bit about what I feel God has led me to say. But 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 God is speaking through the the words in the Word of God, right? And and we need to be in the habit of opening it for ourselves. So so yeah, it'll be up here, and and that's great. And if you want to follow along there, that's great. But I'd also encourage you to to to, to have it for yourself. Psalm 37 verses one through eight. Do not fret because of those who are evil. Or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteousness, uh, your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before or rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret, it leads only to evil. Psalm 37, 1 to 8. Well, you see the, uh, the four words or the four places there where it's uh, uh, in red up there. Those are the four parts of this, of this cycle of victorious living, uh, commit, trust, delight, and rest. Uh, this this uh, uh, great missionary and, and pastor in the Church of the Nazarene who, has, who is no longer with, with us developed this cycle based on his study of Psalm 37, and, uh, and, and it, it, the diagram is kind of like this. So we commit, trust, delight, and rest, and it's kind of like this cycle or this wheel uh, that, that, that goes along in our life. Commit, trust, delight, and rest. Commit, trust, delight, and rest. Commit, trust, trust, delight, and rest. And the hub of the wheel, as we talked about last week, is the Lord. We're committing our way to the Lord. We're trusting in the Lord. We're uh, delighting in the Lord. We're resting in the Lord. Uh, and, and so it, we, we spent a, quite a bit of time on that last week because the hub, the center of our lives is, is so important. At any time along the way, we could kind of spin off course or spin out of alignment or, or spin out of uh, uh, balance and, uh, be, because of fret or worry. And that's in that scripture several different places. Don't fret, don't worry, don't fret. Uh, and we could spin off of this, this wheel. And, uh, but, it, but if we're focused on God at the center and keeping the Lord where he needs to be the issues of life don't have to spin us off course so that's the the whole thing and uh this week and next we'll kind of unpack it a little bit and i i want to uh uh to 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 help us uh see how we can make this work or apply it in our own lives how do we enter into this cycle and, and live lives of victory it starts with that first one right at the top commitment uh we've got to commit our way to the lord I was um, I was raised in a home where where we uh, commitments were were a big deal. We made a commitment to something and then we followed through on that, and that was just uh, what it was. I can remember it's probably in middle school. I can remember someone partway through the basketball season uh, he he quit, and I can remember thinking, "You can do that? I mean, that's a thing. You were allowed to like 
quit halfway through this? Well, I didn't quit because I liked playing basketball, but, uh, but I, it, it just was, was completely foreign to me that, uh, that, that you wouldn't just follow through and, and go to the end. So, so this whole commitment thing is, is kind of ingrained in me, but, but it seems to be something we struggle with, maybe as society, if we're painting with a broad brush. I mean, I guess the, the next thing that comes to my mind is Facebook events. If you've had a, an event that you've posted on Facebook or maybe you've seen them and they pop up from time to time and, and, um, and it's set, there's two different buttons you can press, right? Either going or interested, right? Now, I have learned that neither one of those buttons really mean anything but because um, I've been one to post events and I've had a lot of people click the interested button. I don't think, I guess to quote, to quote a, a movie from a long time ago, I do not think that word means what you think it means. Um, I think it means, it, it, and they probably just can't fit this in the little blue deal there, um, I think it means instead of saying interested, it should mean I see your event and I'm glad for you, but there's no way in the world that I would waste my time going to it. So I'll click it, and that's good, and I'm happy, but I'm not going to show up, and you shouldn't probably count on me to. Uh, now, the going button, or I'm going, going button is a little bit more, but still, if something better comes up, you know, I'm probably going to be drawn toward something, uh, something else. Um, or we wait till the last minute. We don't click anything, and we kind of watch it and see who else is clicking, right? And then maybe, okay, well, this is, this is worth it, and maybe I'll... Maybe I'll go. I, uh, I read a story this week about a, a young man who went to a photography studio. He had this nice framed picture of his girlfriend, and he wanted to get it professionally duplicated. And so he took it in and, and just gave the frame and all to the, uh, to the photographer. And so the photographer uh, had to take it out of the frame and, and uh, unpackage it and everything in order to be able to uh, make this. And when, when he did that, he, he noticed on the back there was this inscription, beautiful, lovely inscription. It said, My dearest Tom... I love you with all of my heart. I love you more and more each day. I will love you forever and ever. I am yours for all eternity. Love, Helen. P.S. If we ever break up, I want this picture back. Commitment doesn't seem to be our, our strong suit. Uh, a lot of times we, we struggle with that. But, but, but David, who wrote this psalm in, in uh, Psalm 37, says that finding victory over anxiety and fear starts with commitment to God. I'm committing my, my whole life to God. I'm committing the issues or the problems or the circumstances to God and, and that, I'm, that I'm tempted to, uh, to, to, to worry about. And so I commit those. I commit myself to God and I commit those issues that I'm facing to God. And that's how we start this cycle of victorious living that, that we say, okay, God is at the center of my life. This thing's coming up. God, I commit that to you. It's, it's, a, it's the first step uh, in that in that cycle, but it starts, I guess, with with the our committing our whole lives. The baptism service we had last Sunday afternoon. Several, many of you were there, but uh, we had three of our students made a public commitment to Christ, and and I got to baptize them. It was great as as uh, Lily and Bella and Nick uh, stepped into the water, and, and I got to uh, to to hear them verbalize that they they love Jesus and they've invited Him into their hearts and they're committed to following Him 
in the days ahead. It's a a, a wonderful um, image of our commitment. We talked that day about that that God has already done a work in their life. It's not this magical thing that that happened that day uh, because they were in the water. But, uh, but, but that, that this, this commitment, uh, they, they place themselves in God's hands and, and they're committed to, to rising up to new life in him. And that's how it starts. We make this commitment. We, we put the Lord at the center of our lives. We make this commitment to following him. I'm committed. Uh, commit, trust, delight, and rest. It starts with commitment. And yet even in uh, with having that image of, of baptism in our minds, um, Martin Luther said many years ago he said in baptism the old adam is drowned but the old man is a very good swimmer Um, in other words he says we go through that commitment that process of committing ourselves to god but there's a temptation and a draw many times to to draw us back into or back toward our sinful way of life our commitment to christ uh, is not a one-time thing it's not just one and done and now i get on with my life and it's it's uh, just all of god's holiness is infused in me uh, in, instead the terminology in in psalm 37 if we could uh would look at that in the uh and, and translate it uh, and see that the, ter- the 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 tense of the verb there for commit uh could could be translated like this commit and keep on committing your way to the lord it's this, I committed it, and I'm going to keep on committing, and then I'm going to keep on committing, and then I'm going to keep on, and, and, and I made that commitment, there was a first time that I did it, but now I'm going to continue on in it. Uh, commit and keep on committing. It's a lifetime of continued commitment to following God and his ways. Uh, in, in his book, uh, Dr. Lee puts it this way, commitment is something other than a sentimental decision that may change one's life for a few emotion-filled days. It is a valid act of the will changing one's whole way of life. It is one's entrance into the cycle of victorious living. Now, you've probably uh, heard before the, uh, the little joke that, that, that goes something like the, the, two cu- the, the couple that's been married for 40-plus uh, years. Uh, the woman says to her husband, I, uh, why don't you tell me you love me anymore? And he says, well, I told you on the day we got married, and if that ever changes, I'll let you know, right? Um, It's not how it's supposed to work. Guys, it's not how it's supposed to work. That is not acceptable. Um, That's not not how it should work. Because we make a commitment uh, on our wedding day, and then we keep on committing. Uh, I mean, even when it's hard, right? And it gets hard. Uh, I mean, in the, in the wedding vows, in, in essence, it says, this is going to be difficult. Are you sure you want to do this? I, we should change the vows to just say that at some point. Because we do it all flowery and everything, uh, and, and we say, you know, uh, for better, for worse, uh, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, till death do us. I guess that's not all that flowery. I mean, it's pretty dark, right? Till death do us part, right? But uh, basically, the, those vows are saying, this is going to be difficult. Are you sure you're up to this? Because this is quite a commitment. There's going to be some days that are not just better, but they're going to be worse. And there's some days that it's not just all health and, and, and wealth, but there's going to be some, some poverty perhaps involved, and there's going to be some sickness. In, and no matter where we are, are you still going to be committed to this relationship? And then as someone says, I do, they are saying, I'm going to make that commitment 
but not just today, but even on those hard days, I'm going to make that commitment again. And I'm going to choose that again. I mean, that's kind of how commitments work, right? I mean, we, we make the promise, we make the vow, we make the commitment, whether it's marriage or it's joining a team or, or finishing a project or I don't know, whatever. We make the commitment and then we, we start to fulfill the commitment and it gets hard and we pretty much do have the option of saying, yeah, I think I'm going to go back on this. I'm not sure. You know, it kind of is a thing that we could quit, right? And but yet we come up to it and we say, but I made the commitment. And so I made that commitment, but now I have a choice again. Am I going to keep on and honor that? I'm going to make it again and commit and keep on committing, commit and keep on committing. And, and every day we renew that vow, we renew that commitment, and we press on even when it gets difficult. In those difficult times, it's, it's easy to spiral off, kind of like that diagram in, in, with worry and fret and doubt and fear, uh, but yet we commit anew. We commit uh, and, and, and we bring those problems to God and we head back through the cycle again. Uh, I've committed this to you, Lord, but I feel like I'm, I'm worrying about it. Help me not to worry. You're at the center of my life and I'm giving this to you again. I think I mentioned that... Um, Dr. Earl and Hazel Lee, Dr. Lee, who uh, who developed this uh, this way of looking at Psalm 37, uh, they were missionaries in India for a couple of uh, uh, terms for for quite a few years. And uh, Dr. Lee says that that his knowledge of one of the uh, the dialects, the Indian dialects, uh, really helped him kind of understand this whole idea of commitment. Um, if if you translate that word commit in uh, in Marathi, which is uh, one of the dialects in India that they would use, uh, he says that the the the, that word commit uh, is translated, turn what you are and what you have over to God, palms down. Palms down. And he goes on to write this way, commitment is to take whatever we are carrying in our hands, including our worries and concerns, and giving them up to God with hands open and palms down. It's the difference between you take it and I release it. You see how palms down kind of kind of helps that. If, if you've got something in your hand and you're 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 you could always grab it back, right? Uh, you've got a lot more option of, of grabbing. Or if you've got like a lot of things, a pile of whatever. Let's say you had a a, a pile of sand, and you said, "Here, take it." You're going to be left with some sand in your hand. If it's a palms down, there's nothing left. And we're giving, that's, that's a picture of this commitment that we make to God. It, it's, it's a whole lot easier to, to grab it back if we're, if we're offering it, like, here, you take it. But if we're saying, I relinquish it, I release it, it's yours. I'm letting go, hands down. I've given up my right to it. None of it remains. And so I think we have to ask ourselves as we walk through uh, difficulties in, in life, is that how I have turned over these things to God? Have I, have I turned them over to God hands down? Am I committed to, to, to giving him control of my life's circumstances? Because we tend, to, we tend to hold on to our worries. And we say we're not worried, but we're still kind of, well, the, the church word is, I have a concern or we call it a prayer request, and it's all those things, but, but really we're just worried about it, right? We're, we're anxious and we're worried about it, and we, and we tend to hang on to those things. One of my favorite books growing up uh, was Wilson Rawls' classic, Where the Red Fern Grows. Anybody 
Everybody, four of you have read where the red fern, okay, all right, a little more of you. Uh, we're not going to read it today. Um, classic book, I read it again as an adult, uh, and just, it holds up, and it's good stuff, and uh, I remember, I, I was probably a preteen, maybe reading it, uh, maybe middle school, whatever, I remember it's the first book that made me cry. I'm going to admit that today. Didn't admit it then, in the quiet of my room as I'm reading the book and tears are flowing. Um, but if you haven't read it, not that there would be anything to cry about. I don't want to ruin the end for you or anything. But um, uh, it, it's about a boy named Billy and his coon dogs, uh, Dan and Ann. Uh, he, he needed one of these coon dogs. He got the dogs, uh, got them as puppies, and then he had to train them to, uh, to, to be coon dogs, right? And so the big problem that he had was that he didn't, didn't have any way to train them. What he needed was a raccoon pelt so they could figure out what raccoons smelled like. And then he could, you know, he'd tie a rope and, and could drag this thing around and they could follow this and that's how he was going to train them as they as they grew up into uh, full coon dog adulthood and so so he had to figure out how to get a raccoon pelt his family's poor and they didn't have a trap or anything like that and so he's talking to his grandfather one day and his grandpa said this is how you uh, you make your own raccoon trap he said find a hollow log maybe down by the river where the coons go back and forth look for some tracks along the way and then drill a hole maybe the size of a quarter or so whatever you think a, a raccoon could get its paw into and he said then drill a or nail in a, a couple of nails around that hole kind of pointing in uh, but but not so they touch still still so a raccoon could get its its paw in there and then put a quarter or something shiny down in the bottom of that that log you got the picture there so then the raccoon, Grandpa says, Billy, that's, this is what's going to happen. I'm telling you, it works. Uh, that rac- raccoon's going to come along in the light of the moon. He's going to see something shiny down in that log. He's going to stick his hand, paw, down in, down in the, uh, the, the log and grab onto that quarter. And he's going to try to pull it out. And those nails will, will kind of dig in and keep him from doing that. And, uh, and, and, and he won't be able to, uh, won't be able to get out. And you'll, you'll come by and you'll, you'll have yourself a coon. Billy was a little skeptical because he said, Grandpa, all that coon has to do is let go of that quarter and he can get his paw right out and take off. And the grandpa said, I'll tell you what, once a coon has a hold of something shiny, it's not going to let go. Well, if you read the book, or if you didn't, I'll just tell you, uh, it, it took a little while, uh, and you know, Billy che- checked the, uh, the log every day, and uh, nothing, nothing, nothing. Then one day, he went down there, and there was a very angry raccoon in the, uh, uh, stuck with his paw right down in there, and I'll spare you the details, but very soon, uh, he had his training pelt and started to train his dogs because it worked, and I, I think, I think that it could be that we're a little bit like that raccoon that we tend to hold on to things and we get enslaved by them, we get stuck and it leads us to worry and to fear and to, uh, to anxiety and, and, and drags us, to, and all we have to do is let go and we'd be free of that. I think, maybe it's oversimplifying it, but I think that's a picture of what the psalmist means by commitment, committing ourselves to God, our worries, our, our, our fretting, our frustrations, our problems, instead of holding on to them, instead of grabbing tight, that we can let go palms down and let God have control of those things. He is at the center. We Commit your way to the Lord. 
your way, your life, uh, your circumstances, the things that you come across along your way. Commit the whole thing. I guess I have the picture of, of walking down a path and whatever you might encounter, uh, you know, at the beginning of the path, you say, God, this is, this is your path and I'm going to follow. And, and so we go along and then there's, uh, there's an obstacle or there's uh, 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 something else we have to traverse or we have to go, uh, all sorts of things. But we've committed ourselves along the way to following him. And, and so we're allowing him to lead us. Again, Dr. Lee puts it this way. True commitment means we wash our hands of ourselves and we give to him our all. Totally, not on condition. When conditions are attached, our palms are held upward, but deep commitment means our palms are down. It is the only way to enter the cycle of victorious living. It demands faith in the character of our God and not in the circumstances that we see or understand. We face new situations constantly and over and over new problems are fed into the cycle. But the process, once learned, becomes a glorious way of life. Commit your way to the Lord. It starts with commitment. The next step is trust and it goes right hand in hand with commitment because if we're committing something to the Lord we're entrusting it to him we're we're it's it's time to 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 let we let go and we're letting him take care of it another another way to picture it might be to lean hard on God Uh, we, we trust in him we're leaning hard on him he is able to carry your weight and the weight of what you are facing verse 3 in in Psalm 37 says trust in the Lord and do good Uh, verse 5 says trust in him and he will do this the amplified Bible translates trust here in Psalm 37 as lean on or rely on or be confident in so those verses could read rely on the Lord and do do good be confident in him and he will do this the cycle continues as we learn that that God is indeed able to hold us and the issues that we face in our lives we entrust them to him and and we we trust that he is working uh to 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 bring all things we talked last week about Romans 8 28 uh, uh in all things God works to the good of those who love if we believe that we're we're trusting that that's true we have faith in that it's it's an active trust though right it's not just I'm gonna let go of it and uh and and then sit back and do nothing it says trust in the Lord and do good verse three there trust in the Lord and do good uh, if you came in here today and and you said uh, you you found your seat most of you find the same seat every week but uh, if you found your seat not I don't know, you guys shake it up a little bit I get well not you guys but no I'm just kidding you come in and you say I trust that that chair is going to hold me even though I had an extra helping of pie last night or even you know whatever I I trust that that chair is going to hold me but if you never sat down in the chair you wouldn't really be exhibiting too much trust you'd be verbalizing it yeah I think that's probably but but the active trust is and now I'm going to sit in it and prove that that is true uh, trust in the Lord and do good. It, it's an active thing uh, that, that, uh, that have we really uh, given things over to God and trusted him with it trust is active trust obeys Proverbs 3 5 and 6 uh, is, is important couple of verses uh, uh, I, perhaps you've um, put those to memory if you haven't uh, put it at uh, 
toward the top of your list of verses that you're, you're going to uh, put to memory because it, it applies. So it's on the wall out there at Cafe Naz. Uh, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Oh, submit to him. I guess I learned it in the old-fashioned language. Uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In other words, we're, we're leaning on God. We're not leaning on what makes sense. You, you see that? Your own understanding is, okay, I've worked this out, and it probably should work out this way, and so I'm trusting in what makes sense to me. <laughs> Biblical trust is a trust in God even if I can't make sense of it all. I'm leaning hard on God, not on what makes sense. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Keep him at the center, right? He's at the hub. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. He will make your paths straight. Trusting in the Lord won't always make sense. You have to lean hard on him, not on your own understanding. But as you submit to him, as you obey him, uh, he will direct you to the best life imaginable. If we've committed ourselves to God completely, uh, we're, we're committing our way to him, we're committing our life to him, and we're, we're committing, and then every day, uh, every moment, every hour, we're recommitting, we're, we're committing and we're committing again, we've committed ourselves to God, then we're entrusting our lives to him, even when it doesn't make sense, even when something comes up and we go, what in the world is that all about? But, well, I can't do... And he says, I know you can't, but I can. You've got to trust. You can't lean on your own understanding. It'll let you down every time. Lean on me, he says. That's where the victorious life is found. The cycle of victorious living. It says that I'm going to commit my way to the Lord. And I'm going to trust in him. Did you, did you see what it says there in, uh, in, in verse 5? Trust in the Lord and he will do this, colon. And he explains what he's going to do if we commit our way to the Lord and trust in him. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn and your vindication like the noonday sun. Uh, flowery speech, uh, talking about God's blessing and God's grace and God's abundance that is poured out to us that I think we think we know better and we hold tight when we should be letting go and we trust ourselves instead of trusting in him and we doom ourselves to a, a life of anxiety and worry and regret and frustration instead of committing ourselves to the Lord and trusting in him and then he will bring his blessing and his abundance into our lives. Would you, would you ask the Holy Spirit from your soul to his? Would you, would you ask him if there's anything that you haven't let go of? Anything that you haven't really committed to him? Anything that, that, that you're holding on to? And if something comes to mind, would you take these few minutes, it doesn't have to take very long, would you take these few minutes to commit your way to the Lord and to trust in him? The, the act of doing that is 
is very simple and doesn't take very long, and yet it's a lifetime of continuing to commit and continuing to trust. As we work ourselves around this cycle, commit, trust, delight, and rest. Commit, trust, and it frees us from anxiety and worry. Lord, you are the God who sees all and you see every heart and you know what we're dealing with and the frustrations that we have. Some may seem uh, rather, rather small and insignificant and yet it still perhaps is keeping us uh, off course in our relationship with you. Uh, others may seem very significant and, and almost overwhelming and we cannot see our way through. Lord, I pray that even in these moments that you will help us to commit our way to you that we can truly trust you, that, that, that we can go from here knowing that a weight has been lifted because we have let go, palms down, and allowed you to take control of our lives. Father God, we love you. We thank you for the ways that you desire for us to have abundant life and not just a life that's barely scraping by or, or a life that's, that's uh, uh, littered with, uh, with anxiety and worry and fear, but Lord, that you desire us to have an abundant life in you. And Lord, I pray that, that, that not only can we experience that, but that it would be contagious and that in the, in the lives that we brush up against, even today, even in the coming weeks, I, I pray that they could sense and know your spirit in us and they would be drawn to to abundant life as well. Father God, we thank you for your presence in our lives and where you are taking us as we commit our way to the Lord and we trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.